1: the same notes you have I I don't think so I don't think so so
0: the fallout from San Diego Comic Con in fact I was like so silent this weekend I wasn't commenting on anything that I had people checking in to see if like we had the baby yet (laughs) <laughs> they're like, dude, so much stuff is coming down. They're showing like behind the scenes stuff from Star Wars, and oh they're my showing god. they're showing this, they're showing that. You're not commenting on anything, and I was like, oh, I'm sorry, my, my heart was my breaking every time I
1: watched that. And I I like, have
0: I still haven't watched it. What? I'm afraid to watch it. I don't want to see anything. I don't want to ruin anything. It's she's taking, she's ru- taking my hand. <laughs>
1: it's not going to ruin anything. <laughs> it's not going to ruin anything. No.
0: Okay. Then i Your I'll eyes watch.
1: are going to fill with tears, dude. First shot of Princess
0: Leia. Oh my god. Oh my god.
1: Well, uh, you got to watch it. Okay. I mean, like, and and, like it's narrated by Mark Hamill and he's like, he's like, everything has changed and then nothing has changed. And you're like, (laughs) 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 so
0: so basically what you're saying is I've got to do this when I'm all alone at work. Mm, I can't do this. No, you got to do it in front.
1: You got to do it in front of the missus. I I wanted to know like that you're a big blubbering baby. The missus.
0: Okay. So tonight after we record, I'm going to be taking part in this To Kill a Mockingbird readathon. Perfect. At Barnes and Noble. And they wanted to do like a little bio thing on me. They're like, okay, we want to do a little bio on you. We know you're working radio. And, uh, you know, you've got a, your daughter's on the way and her <laughs> name's Harper and you're naming her after Harper Lee. Uh, sure. You know, so, and, and so your wife, what's your wife's name? And I'm like, uh, Sarah. <laughs> that's my wife's name. And so, like, yeah, that's. As far as Barnes and Noble is concerned, we're already married. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and Sarah's gonna be like, "What? <laughs> no, oh, I've already when did warned we miss her." This? I'm like, "I'm like,
0: and you—if they might have a program or something, and they might refer to you as my wife, just so you know, just, just so you're not roll surprised. with it. <laughs> Tell <laughs>
1: everyone that you are Bonnie Bedelia
0: from Die Hard. From Die Hard, that you're you're Holly Gennaro, for now. But just when the reading's done, you introduce yourself as Holly McLean. That's right. And then people will think we're absolutely fucking batshit crazy.
1: It's true, though. Yeah. yeah. It's worth it, though.
0: Speaking of batshit crazy, um, yeah, I don't care anything about what's going on with the DC universe. Uh, The trailers for Superman, Batman, people are losing their crap over that. I haven't watched it. I don't care. I watched the Suicide Squad trailer because I kind of had a passing interest in that. Uh, And it went away. It went away. It went away hardcore. And and I do, I mean, man, Garrett, I love you. I love you, my friend Garrett Dollar. And I know you're defending (laughs) the hell out of this thing. I, I'm not feeling it man I'm I do not feel this
1: Well Joe and I were talking Just before we started And I mentioned the fact That my friend Brian clear Of Boomstick Comics Was like oh this looks so scary And the Joker looks scary And I was like It looks like a cholo
0: <laughs> Yes The, the ch- the cho- Well the choker <laughs> that, The, that the was, choker the, <laughs> the movie's gonna be a choker <laughs> This is the editing bay On the Next Wave Radio Network My name's Joe And I am joined Not by Joel But I have
1: Hillary. That's
0: right. In the studio, filling in for Joel, who is globetrotting right now, doing a whole what? bunch of business work. Business work. I think that's redundant. Uh, and so, Hillary has agreed to come in and, uh, and fill in, and we are talking about X Men.
1: 15th anniversary. Yeah. And today is Patrick Stewart's birthday. Is it true? Today's Patrick
0: Stewart's birthday? Patrick Stewart
1: is 75.
0: Make it so. Sure. Number That's horrible. I do such a horrible Patrick Stewart.
1: <laughs> Mine was not much better. So. 75, 75 years. 75
0: today. I love his video. He does the quadruple take. Is it? Was it the quadruple take video? Have you ever seen that? Mm-mm. Oh my God, you got to look that up. I will. I'll watch the Star Wars video. You watch the Patrick Stewart quadruple take. I will. And then we'll reconvene and we'll exchange notes.
1: I love this. Okay. I like reconvening. So
0: 15 years since the first X-Men movie... And Brian Singer's X-Men. Brian Singer's X-Men. I think we can agree that it's thanks to the X-Men that we now have movies like Guardians of the Galaxy oh, and Guardians The Avengers. The, Galaxies,
1: the Avengers. Because
0: if this team superhero movie didn't work, I don't think that we would have seen other studios like, you know, the Marvel Disney merge kind of try to take that chance. It's true. So tell me about X-Men, Brian Singer's The X-Men.
1: Well, I feel like some casting was really done well. Yeah. And some was not
0: so good. Back
1: then, I mean, like 15 years ago, I was like, this is totally awesome. And I I really, really thought that it went really well. But I mean, like now, it, the more I reflect on it, it's, it's not as good as it was. Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, dude, Hugh Jackman still nails that. Oh, he absolutely does. I mean, like he nails that son of a bitch Wolverine like so good. I don't care how tall he is.
0: And he was the one I was most skeptical about when I went into the movie. We all were. I mean, yeah. like
1: he's like a foot taller than Wolverine should be and yes. is, you know, he's 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 Australian and And he whatever. was unknown. Totally.
0: Nobody knew who this guy was. But I
1: mean, like the minute you see him in the ring and his hair's up exactly. and you're like, "What?" You start getting those
0: those Frank Miller like Goosebumps when he's in the ring fighting and at his the bar. Hair,
1: I mean, you're like, uh, it doesn't grow that way. It's obviously combed that way. But you're like, let's overlook this because he just looks up and he's got that cigar in his mouth and he's shirtless. And you're like, oh, my God, it's Fucking Wolverine. Yes. Yeah.
0: And he had like. Snickety snickety. It it was like the only movie in the X-Men Wolverine franchise where he actually has like hair on his body.
1: Yes. and He's totally like covered in hair. And I'm like Wolverine. That's Uh it.
0: And since then they've like oiled and shaved him down and he looks like every other like action movie star in these in these previous exp movies I agree
1: 100% and James Marsden as Cyclops he's a perfect boy scout uh-huh. but he's given like the world's shittiest dialogue through the entire movie Yeah and I'm like your love of Jean Grey doesn't really come off it just comes off as like you're trying to be like bitch get away from my girlfriend <laughs> and I'm like come on dude and his fucking visor it looks like a total d-bag
0: they had problems they had problems with the visor i want to i want to touch on the developing the relationship yeah not just between cyclops and jean gray but also between logan and jean gray yeah like they strapped a jetpack on that and just like hit the go button and it like flew oh i there was know there's no, no like, reason to go that quickly with it
1: it's not even just that though i that's that's part of my notes it's just it talks about how like Everything was from the from the start. It was just like, "Whoom, hello!" Uh-huh. Yeah, and I was like, whoa, "Whoa, whoa, 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 slow down there, buddy!" Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, let's, let's just take us take a step back. huh. And it wasn't even. I don't even think it was a full two hours. No. And I was like, "Wait, we could have taken two and a half hours and told a better story." And I know that Joss Whedon had originally written the script and pr- provided a really good script. And there are three lines in the movie that you can tell. Are totally his. yeah, 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 yeah. But then the rest of them, I'm like, dude, really? It's I mean, and the three lines are obviously like, um, what did I say? The,
0: it's me. Prove it. Uh, you're your a dick. dick. Yeah.
1: There's that one. uh What would your superpower be? P- putting up with that guy. Uh-huh. And I was like, oh. And then he's like, what would you prefer? A yellow spandex. Those are. He didn't
0: write though. What? If, what would? Oh, uh, okay. The one. Cyclops, Storm. What do they call you? Wheels. I. Because that one seemed like it would be a Whedon line as well.
1: There was a couple of really good lines and, like, some really good dialogue. And I felt like, like like I said earlier, a lot of the best scenes were all of Logan and Rogue. And, like, I just feel like maybe it's because Anna Paquin really nailed the character. You know, she was really good. But they gave her such shitty lines, too. You know, and it's like, okay, well, this is an interesting choice. You're putting Rogue in the Jubilee character Uh because it was Jubilee and Wolverine in the comics.
0: Yeah. Yeah, especially – Around around that time when they were first starting to, to develop that script, the script that was originally known as Wolverine and the X-Men, mm-hmm. you know, it was Jubilee and, and Logan that was picking up from the Jim Lee, um, God, who was writing it at that time? Claremont? I yeah, think it was it's Claremont. Chris Claremont. Yeah. My husband it, hates <laughs> Chris Claremont. Well, Claremont is the king of the thought bubbles. Like, everything is told <laughs> through <laughs> thought bubbles. I mean, there's the middle of a fight and someone is thinking like just soliloquies of crap on a, on a panel.
1: Oh, yes, the Dark Phoenix saga. <laughs> yes, it.
0: thank you very much. John Byrne art, beautiful art, being just obscured with all of these thought bubbles. It's the worst. And one of my favorite Wolverine issues. It's when they're in the uh, the Hellfire Club, and Wolverine's been thrown down into the sewers, and he oh, has to John McClane his way back up
1: after he's been beaten by Sebastian Shaw. Yes, dude, oh, that's my one God. of my favorites. It's the middle of the Dark Phoenix saga, huh?
0: And it's such a great issue. And it is. He's ever like throughout the entire thing, he is kicking wholesale ass making his way back up into the Hellfire Club Thought he Bubble thought bubble, <laughs> thought bubble Thought Bubble Thought <laughs> Bubble catching us up on everything that's happened the past three issues
1: That's that's something else that I always hated about those it's just like previously on the x <laughs> Yes Yep <laughs> it's, But it, there's a lot of that but it also the thing I like about him To some degree, though, is the fact that you have that exposition that developed the characters.
0: (laughs) Exposition. Oh. And I
1: wanted that as the theme
0: song. I know, right? Wouldn't that have been awesome? (laughs)
1: It really (laughs) would. To tie in, like, the the cartoon versus the X-Men. Well, they did,
0: though, because the voice of Beast was the guy driving the truck that Rogue was in. At the very beginning, the guy who drove her to Canada.
1: No shit. That was
0: the voice of Beast.
1: No kidding.
0: This is Carson City. Or however, that guy sounded. Laughlin. Really? That's what it was. Laughlin. This Loughlin. is Laughlin City.
1: Well, and my biggest bone to pick with the entire casting well, my two biggest, but there's two. Yeah.
0: I love Fomka I, Jensen. I think I have more than two.
1: Well, I mean, like, but I mean, I love Fomka Jensen. I love her a lot, and I love her in a lot of different things, but I don't think she was right for Jean Grey. First mm-hmm. off, she's almost six feet tall. Yeah. She wears a size 11 shoe. I think that's awesome, but. <laughs> Jean Grey is a compact character that's a little shorter than um, Cyclops. More importantly, she has ravishing rad yeah. red hair. Yep. And they didn't even try. Like, they didn't even try to make her look like Jean Grey in the comics. And that makes me just truly sad because when she lights up, she lights up. Uh-huh. And then she's like, oh, I'm a telepath of some ability. Dude, <laughs> you're a telepath. Of all the ability. Now, uh-huh. granted, they're trying to play down. Da- they're downplaying her ability in this movie because they're going to build it up later and she's not as supposedly as strong. But I mean, Fonka Jensen was too old to play this she role. She
0: absolutely was. Yep. She
1: was too old to play this role and she was obviously like 10, 15 years older than. Scott Summers, the little James
0: Marsden, the youngest kid on the on the on the set. It but seemed like, but he was like
1: perfect. You know yeah. what I mean? Like he was a total boy scout. He was like, "I'm Cyclops," and I'm like, "Oh my God, you're a d bag, and I love you." <laughs> and so it was good. And then of course there's fucking Holly Berry. Oh my, worst God. storm ever. And
0: almost like. It, it, she was the she's the worst in this movie oh but dude. like everything about her she's from like bad makeup accent. to hair oh. to her accent to her costume it just like highlights the bad like it's like let's make the bad well, and make can, it worse you
1: can totally tell that she has her hand in her costume and i'm like really do you really want to look like that yeah because you want to look like yourself and i'm like you look terrible uh-huh. aurora monroe punk
0: rock that's I was telling Jeff this earlier today. My favorite Storm is the the leather pants, the leather vest, the tank top, and the fucking mohawk.
1: So my friend Maya Glick, she just got finished filming a fan film about Storm. And the whole thing is like her and the white mohawk and the leather pants. God, I love that. She's always looked like Storm to me. And I get goosebumps when I think about it because she embodies that Beautiful, beautiful storm. I mean, like before she hits the mutates sequence, Uh you know, with Jim Lee. And I love that. I love that about Aurora. She's a strong, beautiful woman. And she was not the strong woman. And she's the worst line in the film.
0: Oh yeah. Well, the, the worst you know? delivery. Yeah. Are
1: you gonna throw it down?
0: Yeah. Oh, I'm gonna throw it down, and then I'm gonna correct it for you. Please do. So, I so know the you're gonna of, say it. It's the middle of the toad fight, and <laughs> he knocks her down an elevator shaft. Which I'm pretty sure that the fight started on the first floor anyway. But he knocks her down an elevator shaft. Oh. She comes back up, blows out a bunch of windows, starts blowing him out of this building. He what? like. Indiana Jones is his tongue around this freaking railing, and he's holding himself in place. She comes out. Her eyes are glowing, and she says with this ominous voice, you know what happens to a toad when it's struck by lightning, and then all the lightning starts coming down, and then we cut back to her, the same thing that happens to everything else, and then bam, lightning, and he blows away. (laughs) That is the worst. That is the the worst. worst. However, you can fix that. You fix it with two simple things. You fix it with direction and make her deliver it a different way. And you fix it with timing. I'm going to, let's rewind. And now we're going to do it like this. I can't wait. Okay. Windows are blowing out. Toad is holding himself in place. Her eyes are glowing. Do you know what happens to a toad when it's struck by lightning? And bam, it hits him. He flies away. Everything kind of goes steady. She stands there for a second and then shrugs. Same thing that happens to everything else. Turns around Bam, and walks sure. off. Suddenly, we've humanized this character. She's funny. It's a little quirky. It's a little oh, okay. Like we we get it. You know, you were tr- you were starting to build it up to something, and then it's something obvious. It's so obvious, and then she walks off and does she her own was thing. So bad. It and was I just, so bad.
1: I couldn't believe it and I was just like why would you do this and you've taken this and that accent oh it was terrible which I,
0: went away by the third movie there was no accent none
1: whatsoever <laughs> and I'm just like why would you do this to me you're so terrible I mean like and she just pitched a fit and pitched a fit about her hair and I'm like well your hair looked bad uh-huh. bad from yeah. the start why would you have bangs it's, you don't need it, bangs
0: I and I feel like it never looked good until days of future past like Oh, I know I like it the best it's like the shorter it got the better I felt about it I was like okay and she didn't even really
1: though need to be in days of future past no but, and I was just like I'm just I'm done with you I'm done I'm done I'm done and then so let's talk about the bad guys for okay
0: yeah let's we'll, we'll talk about the bad guys for a second. Um, the Brotherhood
1: the, the Brotherhood as much as I love Ian McKellen and I do love Ian McKellen, I think the dude is hilarious. Uh-huh. His friendship with Patrick Stewart is legendary. It's it's, it,
0: it's so I'm so envious of the friendship that they have.
1: And it's perfect and it's wonderful and his delivery and acting is perfect but he is not. The imposing, magnificent, he's He's so so old. old. I would have chosen somebody much more statuesque. Like in the comic books, he was drawn to look like Rucker Howard. You know, like this big dude, this imposing man that was just gigantic and larger than life. He's a little older,
0: but he's like chiseled from stone. And
1: he doesn't age fast. I mean, Mm. because he's got that mutant master of magnetism (laughs) thing going on. And I thought, okay, whatever. And Sabretooth, what a joke that was.
0: (laughs) 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 <laughs> I and mean, like that's all he did. But and, and also what the he hell are like you doing Tasmanian with this guy devil. being Sabretooth and then just a couple what like three, four movies later, you make that X Men Origins Wolverine movie and you have Leave Schreiber playing Sabretooth. <laughs> <laughs> what wh- what was happening there? And I've heard like, oh well they're not supposed to be the same guy. Okay, cool. Then why then why I don't why? even have any clue it, it's so confusing as somebody who likes to pay attention to like continuity and stick to films luckily they're like okay that movie d- take it off the table because it doesn't even exist now in the canon it doesn't exist I anymore I agree
1: but I mean like it's just terrible and
0: he's so bad they took like he does. He has like two lines I think I know and, <laughs> and he's was he like emails. a wrestler yeah he's a former wrestler
1: And then, of course, they've wasted Ray Park, who had just come off the success of his Darth Maul, because he was like one good thing out of that crap (laughs) Star Wars movie. Yes, ma'am. And I mean, like, Ray Park is a beautiful thing to watch with his beauty. And like, even when he's doing that weird little dance thing with Storm, I mean, it was beautiful to watch. But he is playing this shitty, stupid Brotherhood of Mutants character. Like, I would have picked all different like I have a list when we we do our recast of who yeah. I would do it, uh-huh. but I mean like Ray Park was wasted, yeah, and his teeth, his little stupid teeth. I'm like it, everybody, you are just
0: everybody, dumb. everybody was either underutilized unless your name was Hugh Jackman, y- you were underutilized in this film.
1: Well, and Rebecca Romaine did. Amazing! I thought she was beautiful. Mystique was a thing of beauty. She was mm-hmm. wonderful. But why would you make her look like that? Why not put her in her original costume? Her original costume it's is badass. badass. Bad and that ass. skull. With the skull on, the, on, on her, her hair, widow's peak. All I could think of was if she was just doing that artful kick that she does with Wolverine where her whole body just arches and does that and, thing. And her
0: costume like sweeping underneath and her. And her
1: hair just swooping like that. I would yeah. be like, damn bitches, that's mystique. And
0: oh. I bet I bet you anything Rebecca Romijn probably would have preferred that instead of sitting in a makeup chair for 12 hours. I
1: concur. And and like, why why would Jennifer Lawrence have to do that too? Yeah. You know, coming down the pipe. But I mean, now they've made this thing where she's got all the scales and, and I mean, I... It's interesting how the scales ripple and uh-huh. and that's an interesting choice and and yes it does work but I mean like she was the greatest thing and I I like how she hovers on Magneto's shoulder I mean like there's that but it's not really it's not really good for continuity because there's no relationship established until the second film like you see right. her like when you know, he leaves her there, and she's like, Eric, Eric, you know, and she's like, and he's like, you're no good to me. That's the third one. or Oh, that's the third yeah. one. Oh, 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 it's the bad one. Yeah. I don't even like to yes, talk about ma'am. that one. Where they, yeah. ruin, they, ruin, they ruin something really hard for
0: me. Right? No, the second one's great because, you know, you get to see the relationship between her and Magneto kind of develop a little bit more, and then they kind of seduce Pyro to their side.
1: Yeah, I feel like even Fassbender did a better job at Magneto than... Um than Ian McKellen did. He's a little
0: I, more. I, I don't blame McKellen so much as I blame the material he was provided. Sure. Uh, because while there is a lot of depth that he's given in this, and what I do love about this movie, and I'll touch on this a little bit later, uh, what Brian Singer allows this X Men movie to do, which is funny because it only runs about an hour and 45 minutes, he allows this movie to take its time to breathe. In moments to take its time in moments and let the visual tell the story and not just let the dialogue tell everything but he still manages to pigeonhole Magneto into that weird mustache twirling villain and kind of rob him of a little bit more depth than he should have as Magneto I agree uh, you know the, the scenes that he has with Patrick Stewart are compelling and they're wonderful then once you put him in that island and he's just like walking around and i'm the head villain and do the things i want to do and blah let's point those claws somewhere else right (laughs) It suddenly he becomes a joke Uh, and, and it becomes a little embarrassing to watch and you find yourself going man I just kind of prefer him in that Gandalf robe. Put him back in the Gandalf robe, please. I feel
1: like the fight the end, and like the the end fight scene too. It's so anticlimactic because it's like they're fighting at the Statue of Liberty, uh-huh. and Wolverine gets stuck flying around with his claws <laughs> in the bottom of the of the what is that the the flame the torch. Oh yeah yeah yeah. And he's like. Whoa! And I'm like, really? Is this really happening? Okay, no, dude, no, Uh, dude.
0: It was very small scale. You could tell, like, by the time they got to that final part, like that final that final fight set piece definitely wasn't where they put the majority of their budget.
1: Like did Joss Whedon read that script and uh, read the idea and go, Really?
0: Really, <laughs> a, dude? A fight on the Statue of Liberty? No. We get the point you're trying to make.
1: Really? <laughs> we, Statue of we, Liberty. We
0: get it. We understand we get the, the we get the visual, we get the symbolism of these mutants fighting each other I mean, on the Statue of Liberty. What do you do? But it's so I mean, this 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 ultimate fight you're finally having and you're having it in this little enclosed space. It's so claustrophobic, uh, and and it fits for like when Wolverine's fighting Mystique, when they're having like the two Wolverine fights, yeah. or when you have, uh, you know, Toad versus Storm. That's fine. But having the, the Sabretooth versus Wolverine fight, that should not be taking place on top of the Statue of Liberty. And you get to that point at the very end where Wolverine's on top of the torch, and he's right at the device, and he's getting ready to free Rogue. We've established earlier in the movie that whenever Rogue takes somebody's powers, they're out. And here's Magneto. How is Magneto fighting? Oh, I'm still right? using my powers! Right? And in, in is that it case, because
1: he's like super Magneto? Well then you need to establish. You need to establish
0: it! Yeah. There's
1: a lot of things and, and I, I feel like it feels like they're trying too hard to pack too much and they're not explaining enough. Mm-hmm. Like for instance, um. Mystique sneaks into the school and she injects Cerebro, which is, by the way, the worst name (laughs) and the worst contraption that you could possibly bring over from the comic books because you look retarded, you (laughs) know, no matter what you do. Professor X puts it on his head. He puts the helmet on his head and he looks totally. And then he puts
0: the lotion in the basket. And
1: that's exactly what's (laughs) happening. But she injects some wacky substance. Because computers
0: run on liquid.
1: Right. And so it's obviously it's alien Shiar technology, but nobody knows that. Only nerds like us know that. Right. Because we read a bunch of comic books <laughs> and I'm sorry. I threw my nerd card down. It's been punched eight thousand times. And my husband is looking and he goes, What's that stuff? And I go, Well, obviously it's it's a it's a liquid that's made to counteract cerebro and uh-huh. obviously it's gonna give, you know, Professor X some problems or
0: it's blah some blah blah. Some massive feedback.
1: Some massive feedback and Jeff goes goes well how do you know that and I go B- because I, I know and he just goes well somebody needs to explain what that shit is <laughs> right and obviously he's right nobody's telling
0: she just puts it in she there it in. obviously there's a problem it's alien goop and then Jean Grey's able to clear it out just by changing wires back what like it just how is goes that possible? away it just and goes she's away
1: obviously a telepath of minor Whatever. She's not. Obviously, she's not. And that needs to be established in this book, in this movie, because she takes on something really big down the line. Uh huh. And it's a cosmic entity known as the Phoenix. The Phoenix.
0: Why doesn't Professor X sense that Mystique is on the campus?
1: Yeah, dude. What's up with that?
0: Uh huh.
1: And I also. Why, why doesn't he?
0: <laughs> why doesn't he, he sense can, that? He can sense everything. Why? Jeff brought this up. Why did uh, Professor X have to be where the train at the train station to control Sabretooth and Toad? When he when can they, control everything he, from everywhere. From, from Cerebro. He's the
1: most powerful telepath. In the
0: world. We established in Days of Future Past that he could just like enter people's minds all over the place when he was trying to stop Mystique from getting on the plane. So he could have done that stuff instead of driving next door. Like "Ah, beep beep, I gotta be next door to control your continuity. Sucks, Marvel. My power is line of sight. Yeah, what's up with that? There's 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 no need for that. Uh, Also, Magneto, he talks about how Magneto has a way of shielding me from from his mind. His helmet. Yeah, Magneto wears the helmet like twice in the movie. Whenever he's at his little base island or whatever, though. Yeah, why is he's never wearing it?
1: Why is Professor X not in his head? I mean, is the entire base island shielded? If it is, you need to explain that.
0: Exactly, and they don't. But what Brian Singer does do that I will give him credit for is he does kind of leave little breadcrumbs throughout the movie of like that leads up to the main plan, even though the main plan is a little bit lame with the, the Statue of Liberty torch. You know, you see Sabretooth come walking into the base and you see Toad spray painting something ends up being the torch for the Statue of Liberty. And I'm like, "Wow, well that's pretty clever." The first time I watched this movie, I would never think, like, I wonder what he's doing. I I you know, that looks like this. It's on the second viewing that I'm like, "Oh, that's what he's doing." Holy crap, that's really clever. Way to go, Brian Singer.
1: Well, and I just feel like they're, you know, and like I said, he, they're trying to jam pack too much. Like they're talking about you know when when Senator Kelly is talking and he goes and there's a girl who can face through walls and I'm like oh he's talking about Kitty, Kitty Pride. Pride and then when you go go to the school later you see Jubilee in class like you know it's the her she's got jacket. the yellow jacket and the big earrings
0: and you know Kitty Pride from her blue her blue
1: sweater and you see her face through the wall later uh-huh. so I just feel like Brian Singer's trying to say look. I love this. I want, and, and you appreciate that he really wants and he loves the material and he wants you to see that he wants to touch it and use it all. But it's like not, it's not enough. Mm -hmm. And you're like, dude, you need to give them all their own little spot. And I feel bad because it's like Jubilee has this little spot when she should have had, that other spot that yeah. currently with Rogue, Jubilee Rogue should be on the other side of the fence.
0: Jubilee has no, Rogue should have been part of the Brotherhood, like how it was in the comics. And I have
1: that in my notes. Oh, really? When we do our recast. because my recast villains
0: are good. Oh, good, 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 good. They're good. The um, I, I think Jubilee has been given the shaft as far as the movies go up until, you know, I did see the trailer at least the uh, the the recorded on the smartphone. Guys, if you're gonna record something from a convention. Hold your phone straight.
1: The only thing I saw from the recorded on the smartphone for Apocalypse was the it's like, who the hell are you? And all you can see is like that glimpse of storm and that glimpse of Apocalypse. And I'm going to tell you, I got so stoked because I'm going to tell you right now, Apocalypse Scares the Jesus out of me. <laughs> yes. I love En Sabaner. I'm yeah. sorry, and my husband rolls his eyes every time I see it. But I love like when Adam Polina drew that whole Apocalypse mini series. Uh-huh. I was all about it because I love Adam Polina's art. Yeah, and I'm sorry. I love Apocalypse. Yeah. I do. I do because he's an eternal, and he's like all that crazy shit. He's the shit that the mutants are should be scared of uh-huh. because he can do
0: everything i'm looking forward to it i'm looking forward to see what to see what they do with it i think it's going to be pretty badass the four horsemen of apocalypse Apocalypse. and
1: one of them is archangel
0: which is going to be great i mean it's going to be so fun
1: his bladed 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 wings Uh (laughs)
0: uh-huh i know right sorry Sorry, nerd girl here Uh, i know the uh the in the the trailer i got to see showed like the uh the the young gene gray footage sophie turner playing gene gray Which I think is a great little bit of casting. No, that was just me sighing deeply when I think about Sophie Turner. (laughs) Oh, good Uh, (laughs) Game of Thrones. (laughs) 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 Uh, That show, man, and her hair
1: is red,
0: and it's it's a beautiful red. It's like a a wonderful, like just (gasps) dazzling red. Uh, I think they they finally got it. They're finally on the right track. Uh, But no, the the trailer looks so cool. But it looks like Jubilee is going to be featured a lot more. That she's finally going to get her due.
1: Jubilation better get her due. I loved me some Jubilation Lee. Like the whole Siege Perilous line in Uh X Men. I loved it. I can't help myself.
0: Again, going back to the books where it was just her and Wolverine. And then after a while, they caught back up with Psylocke. Uh, Olivia Munn, pff, I, I just cannot like this woman. I can't get on board with Olivia Munn. I don't Munn. even
1: know who she is, but I mean, like, I didn't like... Di- in Days of Future Past, there's a lot of different things that I didn't... I liked. I mean, like, I got... I was excited to see Blink brought to life, but I mean, yeah. like, I got I got excited because I loved The Age of Apocalypse. Uh-huh. I'm probably one of maybe five people. My <laughs> husband's like... <"Rah!" laughs> but I loved Apocalypse, but I mean, like, that was part of my real deep love for the X-Men and I'm excited to see where it goes with Age of Apocalypse just because I love the thought of, you know, the four horsemen and is, is, is it going to happen? I mean, is Wolverine going to wind up on the back, the back end of that shit? Right. You know, I mean, like who's going to have, what's going to happen? I know, right?
0: I don't want to, I don't want to say anything guys, but (laughs) I'm so close to spoiler territory. Don't do I it. D- I don't want to do it. I don't want to do tell it. tell me later. Yeah? Okay. Yeah, you well, you know me. it. If You know the story of Apocalypse. I do know the so, story of So, Apocalypse. yeah. We'll, we'll discuss. We'll discuss. Um, okay. So, just really quick, rundown, we're going to run down uh, the, just a quick summary of the story of this movie. Uh, you've got the It starts off with the World War II footage of a young Eric Lencher and his family <laughs> in Nazi, Nazi Poland. I believe that's where it was. Yes, and they're being, you know, kind of rounded up into camps, and they get separated. And we see, you know, the the, the birth of his powers, and then we cut to like several years later, and it's a young. And the not too distant future. In the not too distant future, uh, we get a young Rogue, and she starts to discover her powers. And she kisses a boy. She, and Kobe. she liked it. No, she, she didn't. She didn't like well, it.
1: Well, she liked it, but then she put him in a coma. And in the books. The dude is still in a coma. Like, he's in a coma forever.
0: Oh, is that true? Yeah. I like, couldn't remember. I couldn't oh remember. Oh, no. He's, like, in
1: a coma forever. Oh, wow. And then, like, she goes back to see him, and, like, she she periodically will visit him. Wow. I mean, like, that's something, like, he's, like, permanently.
0: <laughs> Holy crap. Uh, you kiss Rogue, man? Uh-uh. Something
1: bad gonna happen. Damn.
0: <laughs> I wish Gambit would kiss her nice and long so that way he just go the hell away. <laughs> um, all right, so then we cut to Rogue. She's in Canada. She meets up with Wolverine uh and oh, he, it's such an amazing introduction and then Wolverine and Rogue get ambushed by a couple of evil mutants and the, the X-Men Cyclops and Storm they rescue them you know i did not even remember that
1: moment in the in the movie like when we were re- re-watching it i was like i don't remember them
0: rescuing oh them. really
1: <laughs> yeah i mean it was just i guess it was so utterly i don't know just it was it's so it's just everything happens so fast uh-huh. so it's like
0: right right so
1: She gets up, she sees Wolverine's healing power, and she's like, I'm not even scared. Oh, my God, what's happening? Boom, 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 everything's happening. she's too burning
0: alive in the truck.
1: I know, so there's that happening, and then...
0: Uh, And then they, you know, from there, we just kind of key into a plot that, you know, Magneto's uh, built a device, and if he uses it, it turns normal people into mutants, but with varied levels of success, it could be fatal to humans, and we are under the impression that he wants to use Wolverine... To power the machine. Uh-uh-uh. We would be mistaken. No, no, no. It's not Wolverine. It's Rogue that he wants. And uh, and so that leads us to Rogue getting kidnapped and the X-Men having to band together with Wolverine to rescue Rogue. And uh, The
1: culmination is a big fight. A big fight
0: at the Statue of Liberty.
1: On Ellis Island.
0: Um, You know. Isn't that a song? Yes, I think so. It should be. It should be a Billy Joel song. Ugh. Mutant battle at Ellis Island.
1: Mutant battle on Ellis
0: Island. On the piano. Sounds like a storm is a-coming.
1: Oh, man. So Joe, this has gotten sad. <laughs> I, um,
0: I I, dig this movie. But I do think, like you said, I think that the effects, there are some effects that are dated on this thing. Sure. Horribly dated. I think that some of the writing is really nice, though. There are some nice moments between characters. It's called The X-Men, but this is most definitely Wolverine the movie. And this is what the problem was, though. That with the first... And and also, it was what I liked about it. X-Men, and especially X-Men 2, were basically Wolverine the movie. But then they became a little too much Wolverine the movie, and we wanted a little bit more. We wanted to know more about the other mutants. And they started throwing too much at us at once, which you had described. That, like, they were throwing too much at us in this movie. And they were they they were throwing too much. There were too many plots going on all at the same time. Where it's like we're trying to get them accustomed to school, and and Rogue getting to know her powers, and the love you know her, her and her relationship with Bobby, and Logan and his relationship with Jean, and Eric and his relationship with Charles, and also you know we hate humans. Well, we should get along with humans. Well, I want to turn humans into mutants, and mutants should have to register, and. Okay, we need to stick to one. We need one plot line, and we need to kind of stick with that because it's starting to get muddied and confused. And that definitely was a problem here. I think they solved that with the second movie. They stuck to one plot line and were able to kind of run with that. That's true. And then three just turned into a jumbled mess, and they didn't know what the hell they were doing for another two movies.
1: Three was not directed by... Well, 3 was just, I can't even talk three about 3. 3
0: was crap. 3 was such crap. 3 was
1: so bad. I, I just, I refuse to acknowledge that it ever happened because yeah. it wasn't even the right thing.
0: mm No. I i honestly believe that you could kind of pretend that 3 and X-Men Origins Wolverine didn't happen and just go from X2 to First Class yeah, and Days of Future Past and even The Wolverine. The Wolverine was a decent flick. And... Go into Age of Apocalypse and Which stuff. Which one is the Wolverine? Oh, the, the Wolverine, Wolverine was the, the one, Wolverine. one that was based on the Frank Miller mini, where he, he rescued the, Japan, the man in Japan, yeah, the man in Japan, the man in Japan.
1: Man in Japan. Well, see, and like I just was like all of a sudden they wake up from being rescued, Wolverine and Rogue being rescued, and Rogue's
0: going to school, and he's, I'm like going to school.
1: I'm like, what? Okay. Uh, okay.
0: <laughs> what? What? Uh, but, uh, uh, and and uh, and I do enjoy the fact that like there's no there's no risk or consequence of like. Um, are her parents maybe looking for her? Is is someone looking what's for this young girl? here? No, I don't know. I have no idea what's. Uh, Though there, there are little nitpicky questions that you can ask, like, where are Rogue's parents right right now? Are they looking for their daughter? Would somebody see Rogue and be like, hey, that's that missing girl? Uh, also, at the very end, when Rogue has all of Magneto's powers and Magneto's still managing to be conscious and fighting Wolverine, doesn't this stand a reason that Rogue has Magneto's powers right now?
1: Why can't she help him? Uh huh. Yeah. No, she's just gonna stand there and scream. It's just and
0: with her new hairdo, <laughs> which looks fabulous. It's always looked fabulous. It's, it looks fabulous. I I am a Rogue fan. I love Rogue.
1: I've always loved Rogue, and I I was a big proponent of Rogue and Gambit. But I mean, like, no. I sorry, <laughs> I did like the Gambit. He was a swashbuckling charmer with his little hey, Shaya. But then <laughs> I was like, no, never mind, because I'm. I, then I was like Wolverine all the way, boo. I mean, you know, girls like that stuff. Yeah. But whatever. I mean like give her some balls. <laughs> she's got these big ass powers. Let her have it.
0: And she's so brassy in the comics. She's so brave and she's she's nothing but like diminutive. Like and and the thing is from this movie, she goes she goes through a bit of an arc in this movie and also in the second one, but they kind of they kind of relegate her to like she's the woman to be fought over in the second movie. And then in the third, she completely She's, she completely turns on herself uh, Meaning They are untrue The writers of X3 were so uh, How do I want to say this They were so disloyal to the character of Rogue the way they wrote Rogue, especially at the end where she volunteers to go and have the cure and have her powers taken away. Like, that is so against the point. That's that's the equivalent of Yoda fighting physically in Star Wars Episode Two. Rogue going and getting her powers taken away. Any of the X-Men doing that is like, it's, it's a slap in the face. That means I am not going to stand up for who I am. And me doing that means that you should do that as well. You shouldn't be proud of who you are you should want to change and be one of the you know be an, be normal your heroes should not do that and and that that bothered me. That bothered me to no end. And ever since then, like there was never a chance. They never gave her a chance to redeem herself. And to me, Rogue is one of the more important X Men characters. Uh, I'm upset that in the course of the films, we never got to ch- the chance to see her get those powers like she got from Carol Danvers, the oh flight my God, that's and the super my strength.
1: Dude, that's my favorite part about Rogue. Is mm-hmm. she's invulnerable and she has super strength, and she's she can fly. Yeah. Like and it's because she killed Carol Danvers and like she feels infinite remorse about it now. But I mean, like that's the one thing I mean, like Rogue is a character that started out bad, but has redeemed herself. Yes. And in Age of Apocalypse, the only person that can touch her is Magneto. Uh And that's something else that I loved about it is because she was able to feel. She was able... Oh, my God. And Joe Matarera's art on that stuff. It's like the so full... It's, it's so, so good. It's so good. But, I mean, like, it's this beautiful thing because it it's totally changed her. You know, she becomes something else. Yeah. She becomes a leader. Uh-huh. And I love that about this. I just... I love that character because she totally changes and becomes something else. And they don't even give her that chance. Mm-mm.
0: And it's... She's that's, like, ah, the, the females that should be strong strong leader characters. In fact, I kind of feel like a lot of, uh, almost all the female characters in the X-Men franchise, at least in the earlier films, are shortchanged in that respect. Look at Jean. Jean should be a lot more, uh, a lot more courageous, a lot more, uh, a a lot stronger. Storm is a natural leader. That's why she takes over when Cyclops leaves. She's the leader of the X-Men. She takes over the gold team.
1: Look at my goosebumps. I mean, Storm is aurora monroe she's uh-huh. a fucking queen of africa yeah doesn't she marry t'challa she sure does no i mean she marries the black panther y'all yeah
0: and and <laughs> she's yet she's amazing and she's and she's reduced to just being like a principal of a school <laughs> that's the closest they get to it in these movies that she becomes the headmaster of the xavier school after charles dies that's not good enough and is he really did. No, no, because they they Chekhov's gunned a corpse or, or a, a a kid in a coma like earlier in the a movie. Kid in a coma, and they
1: like totally blow Maura, Moira McTaggart, dude. Moira McTaggart was always one of my favorites. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like they just they they like just basically these films don't give enough to ta- to characters that deserve more. You know what right. I mean? Like. Come on, dude! Don't waste Banshee.
0: Don't waste. Don't Banshee. waste Banshee. No, and that's the beautiful thing about uh, he's the other X-Men.
1: teams. There are other teams. Yes, There's Pilaris, Excalibur. Uh, Hello, Havoc. The Havoc. brother. Yeah.
0: And I mean, they've introduced those characters, but they did it, and then that's another confusing thing: that Havoc is Cyclops' younger brother. Yet, if you go through the context of these movies, it, how they present it, Havoc predates Cyclops by twenty years. I know.
1: And the thing I like most about Havoc and Cyclops is the fact that their powers cancel each other out. Yes. And that's the thing about the the siblings and I'm like, dude, they need to introduce that fact. They
0: sure do, yeah. So we can have that moment like from the extinction agenda where they just start battling each other but they're not doing any damage. Their clothes are getting ripped apart, but they're just going full out on each other. Dude, and Nothing. it's good stuff. I mean it's like so good, good
1: stuff. And like when oh, what's it? When does what is Professor he becomes Professor X becomes... What does he become? It's... Um,
0: Lacutus. No. When the Borg no, take over. No, that's Star Trek.
1: <laughs> Professor X goes crazy and he becomes... Um, not Omega Rep. It starts um, with an O. <laughs> oh, I can't... can't da, da, da. You know, like he... I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, in the comic books, Professor X goes... He becomes...
0: Oh, it, was this when... Um, when he had the use of his legs again, yes, yeah, that's right. He had the use of his legs, and they were in the Shiar Empire. And, and he had the,
1: but he had the giant. He was in the giant. It was like a giant armor. thing. Onslaught. Onslaught. Yeah.
0: He, Onslaught. he became Onslaught. Yeah, that's right. I'm a bad X fan. No, you, no, you're a good X fan. You just she couldn't think really of the name. Really old, really old. You couldn't think of the name. I couldn't think old. of it either. I'm getting
1: elderly, I'm an elderly <laughs> X man.
0: I, I love that this this has been a podcast about the X Men movie, and we have geeked out about the comics for about sixty percent of it.
1: Well, I mean, if you really love where the material came from, you want to see it done the way it should be. Yeah, and I feel like that's why we really loved Days of Future Past because it really kind of got that. Love. It was the
0: closest. That that it's one been. of these X Men movies has been to some of the sources. I feel material. like
1: Jennifer Lawrence has been the closest portrayal of Mystique, and that James McAvoy really does a nice young.
0: James McAvoy brought a wonderful interest. Not that not that uh, Patrick Stewart was bad, mm-hmm. but James McAvoy definitely brings a lot more of a of a, a human level to Professor X. It's um, true. A, a lot of layers to it. Whereas, you know, Patrick Stewart was great. But he kind of, you know, we picked him, I think fans picked him before 20th Century Fox well, did. Well, he's
1: honestly, let's
0: not lie, that's perfect casting. That's perfect casting.
1: It's like, how do you recast that? I mean, like, I sat there and I was like, dude, how am I going to recast this crap?
0: It's the equivalent of Samuel L. Jackson as Nick Fury. You don't Avengers. recast Samuel you Jackson. You can't. No, you can't recast Samuel L. Jackson. I mean, like, he's Will perfect. Smith
1: as is, is Nick Fury, it doesn't work. Nope. It would never work. But I did come up with, I think, what would consider an acceptable substitute. Uh,
0: for Nick Fury? No. Oh. For, oh, no. <laughs> oh, no <laughs> so, are you, did you put Nick Fury in this damn movie? Okay, well then, before we get into that, uh, I do want to talk about what did you think X-Men did right?
1: Um, Wolverine. Oh, my yeah. God. Snick. Snick. Snickety for sure. <laughs> uh-huh. um, the relationship between Rogue and Wolverine, which should have been jubilee, but I mean, like that relationship aspect that he built with them. Um, the scene on the bike uh-huh. was straight out of the comic book. Yeah, yeah, it totally, I totally felt it, and and there was that comic book aspect to it that really just sold me i was like dude that's total real," uh-huh and i just i feel like it really it made me feel like i was i was there again you mm-hmm. know and i'm like yes that's
0: it what i loved about this movie was definitely the visuals that brian singer captured and i think it kind of speaks along the same lines of what you're saying that i feel like he captured a lot of visuals of what we saw in the comics the and panels, you know, even just images like angles, classic angles that kind of got ingrained into our heads that subconsciously we remembered of just characters because there's moments like when when Rogan Wolverine are driving and she asks about his claws and she's like, when they come out, do they hurt? And he Every cuts time. over to that shot and it's kind of a, a almost a three quarter looking up at, at Logan and I'm like, I've seen this angle probably three or four times in like Frank Miller books in some Jim Lee books. And he says, you know, every time. And I'm like, man, I've seen that angle. That's, you know, that's classic Wolverine. And when he's fighting in the bar and there's like certain shots, you know, after he gets hit a couple times. I'm like, oh my God, I've seen this angle. He captures some of these classic comic book-y moments uh, as, while also telling his year 2000 superhero story.
1: Well, and the last shot of the film is him panning out, and it's of the school, uh-huh. and it's of the school, and it's the the vines hanging down over the the walk, uh, and there's the sign. Uh huh. The Xavier it says Institute. School, school for gifted youngsters. Uh-huh. And then it's the address, Gray Malkin Lane, yes, Westchester, New York. Uh-huh. And I was like, dude, that's straight out of the comics. That's straight out
0: of the comics. Straight out of the
1: comics. Yeah. And you're like, oh, that's so sweet. And then you pan out and. You know that's the school, and And you're like, and you know you're going to be back. Right, you're going to come right back there to Gray Monk and Lane.
0: And it speaks, it does speak of a level of love that Brian Singer obviously has for the source material. And so, very much, it's it's kind of the difference between, um, it's the difference between watching, and I hate saying this because this is a movie that I do love very much for different reasons, but it's the difference between watching Tim Burton's first Batman movie, yeah, and watching this. Tim Burton, you could tell Tim Burton, and I've heard it in quotes, and I've heard Kevin Smith tell the story or whatever, uh, but you know Tim Burton isn't a comic book fan. It's true. He's a film fan. He loves gothic film, and you could see that influence in Batman, but there is no comic book influence in his Batman films. There's none whatsoever. you can whatsoever. tell. There's no feel it's, of classic Gotham in his Batman no, movies. No, it's like a giant cartoon. Exactly. Exactly. Uh but there is that field, you know, that Brian Singer, you could tell Brian Singer loves the comics and there's a passion for it and he does put that into the X-Men movies. What do you think X-Men did wrong?
1: Oh, the Toad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I feel like the Brotherhood of Mutants was just not it was not fully realized and uh-huh. it, it was just it was Here's this. Yeah. And it was just kind of dropped in and thrown out um as well as um I just, it was, the plot was so jumbled and so put together. It just put together poorly. It just wasn't finished. Yeah. It was, un- I feel like it was an unfinished film.
0: I absolutely agree with you on this point. And I'm going to say that what the problem was with the script is that I think they had too many people go over it that it lost sight of what it was that it was trying to do. It's almost like when you have a, a piece that you've written and it reads really well, maybe just to you, but it reads really well because it originally came from a place of passion. And then you go back and read it and you start kind of trying to fix it and you start fixing it and you start getting too clinical with it until suddenly there's no heart left in it, just technique. And that's kind of what happened here where they, they kind of, re, you could tell, they rewrote and rewrote and rewrote and reworked scenes until suddenly like the heart that maybe was there originally was, it was gone, just gone and it was just the technique like we're trying to set up the next scene instead of set up the characters
1: i feel like maybe if they had taken a comic book storyline and adapted it for a future like a taken more of a not just a wolverine storyline but taken maybe some wolverine and combined it with a group storyline yes it would have worked a whole lot better uh-huh. and just take it straight out of the comics yeah i mean They tried to do that in the third with Phoenix, but it didn't work. I'm like, if you're going to adapt the Dark Phoenix saga, adapt the Dark Phoenix saga. If you're
0: going to adapt the Dark Phoenix saga, you need to start at chapter one. Like, not chapter one of the book, but... You need well, yes, with the book, but also right. if you're going to adapt the Dark Phoenix saga, you need to start with the first film. You need to be planting those seeds deliberately. Well, like in the first film, but and I mean, keep it's, going. Like,
1: it's like it's like you see her die at the end of the second film, yeah. But then you see the flames roll out, and yes. you know that Brian Singer had had plans to do it, and he probably would have done a whole probably lot would have better. done
0: great. But then he went off and did that bad Superman movie. And yeah. Brett Ratner came in and was like, I'll do your X-Men film.
1: I'll do. That's not an X-Men film. <laughs> I, that's a piece of junk.
0: <laughs> I'll do your piece San Diego shit. Golden Gate Bridge movie. All right. So if Block. we were to with recast. Kelsey Grammer. With Kelsey Grammer, which, you know what? I like Kelsey Grammer as Beast. I'm going to be. I'm a please, Kelsey Grammer apologist. Please. I liked him as Beast. When he goes, oh, you're a
1: real animal. I thought my husband was going to (laughs) jump, run out of the theater, and just burn. I like Kelsey Grammer as Beast. I cannot. fired. I know. I know I'm fired. I love you, friend. But no. No. Uh, All right. So if we were going to recast. me, I think.
0: If we were going to recast X Men today, uh, how would we do it? What I'll do, I'll go ahead and I'll go first. Okay. And we'll save the best for last. <laughs> um all right starting from the bottom and working our way up to Wolverine uh sen- Senator Kelly I think we need to fill this role with some uh with some fan service someone that fans would love to see and see him turn into a mutant and squeeze through bars uh I'm going to go with Bruce Campbell
1: Oh my god it's a good choice right Bruce Campbell, by the way, in the The ride. Ash versus the Evil Dead. Oh my God! When he puts on the girdle, I thought I was going to swallow my tongue. <laughs> beautiful. beautiful. Anyway. All right, so Bruce, if you're listening, we love you.
0: We love you very much. Uh, the role of Toad, I don't think you could go any better than Benedict Cumberbatch here. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, my, uh, Sarah loves Benedict Cumberbatch. I, I love Benedict. I love Benedict Cumberbatch, Cumberbatch but I'm going to go. I'm going to say, like, Benedict Cumberbatch is a great actor, and he is. Uh, He could pull it off. He could pull it off, He could make
1: the shitty dialogue perfect. Yes,
0: he could. And Toad is English. Um, Sabretooth, I'm going to go with an actor from Game of Thrones. We talked about Game of Thrones earlier. I'm going to go with an actor from Game of Thrones, the guy who played the hound, Rory McCann.
1: That is a good choice for Sabretooth. I will not lie, Rory McCann. He also did really nice in a couple of tea commercials.
0: (laughs) I don't think I've ever seen those. (laughs) Just Google them. They're Um, really funny. I shall. Uh, Okay, in the role of Mystique... You know, I can't recast stuff without touching on Battlestar Galactica, Uh, so I went Trisha Helfer here.
1: Oh, Trisha Helfer's a solid choice. Uh,
0: Rogue, I have a soft spot for this one. I've recast her a couple of times. She was in the first season of True Detective. She was also in the first uh, uh, Percy Jackson movie, Alexandra Daddario.
1: I don't know who she is. You
0: know what? Don't need to know. (laughs) She's just a, a wonderful young actress. She was in the San Andreas movie, if you've seen that. no. You know what? Don't go see it. It's, I'm not gonna. It's horrible. Not gonna. Um. Okay, Jean Grey. If you're familiar with the Daredevil web series or the Daredevil Netflix series, yeah. Uh, Deborah <gasps> Ann Wall.
1: Oh my God, that is a good. Oh, now I feel bad passing. who I can't. <laughs> no, but,
0: but she's got like you were saying. She's got that wonderful red hair. Uh, I just got
1: real serious goosebumps <laughs> because that <laughs> is when I say Jeff Joe Cast. Your girl. He'll be like. <laughs> She gonna get naked.
0: Gonna <laughs> oh my god! Virtual fist bump to your husband. What? Oh bonk! Uh, all right. So yeah, Deborah Ann Wall is Jean Grey. Storm. Uh, she played a character in a previous X Men film. I'm gonna bring her back because I think that her acting chops have improved. So I think that I want to give her a run at Storm. I'm gonna go with Zoe Kravitz.
1: Zoe Kravitz is a good choice.
0: Uh, maybe not the best, but no. I want I want to give her I want to give her a run at it. I
1: think you might like my choice.
0: Uh, I might. Cyclops, the son of a uh, a multi-Oscar winner, fantastic actor in his own right, uh, Scott Eastwood. Huh. I don't know if you're familiar with Scott Eastwood. I'm
1: familiar with him, but I've never seen it. I guess I may not have seen him in a movie. Yeah? Okay. Keep going.
0: He, uh, Professor X. I went with Ben Kingsley for Professor X. That's older. It's so much older. It's so much older, and I don't know if the, if the ages match up. But for Magneto, mm-hmm. I decided to go with Jeremy Irons. Jeremy Irons. <laughs> 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 they're, they're, much, they're much older, these two. Uh, but I think, they, I think they still skew kind of properly know. for the time frame like in this movie.
1: Full really? Because
0: I'll, I'm I'll thinking explain. about... I'll see, explain. I have a hard time because I'm thinking about his physique from Die Hard with a Vengeance. And that movie is like 20, 25 years old now.
1: Yeah, but so like you can't, I'm, I'm going with Current. I'll tell you what. Okay. I'll tell you in a
0: second. Wolverine. You know nothing, Jon Snow. I went with Kit Harington. That's
1: a good choice. And all of, I'll 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 allow it.
0: All of this directed by the guy who directed Doomsday, Neil Marshall.
1: Okay. Um I forgot to pick a director, so I'll let you pick it's my okay. di- I'll it's let okay. you pick my director. All right. Um for my villains, I chose different villains. Okay. I'm going to i picked a few people. I picked Pyro. Oh nice. And I think Taylor Kitsch would make a much better villain than he would a gambit, gambit. <laughs> and he's going to have the new haircut that he has in True Detective. Okay, cool. Okay, so um, I wrote new do, and I also chose Destiny. Um, I love Destiny. What? Oh,
0: okay, I won't even get into it.
1: I did not recast Mystique because I love Jennifer Lawrence so much, yeah, and I think she looks really good half naked. Uh huh. Um, but Destiny is going to be Natalie Dormer. Love it because she's just really nice and I know she's much considered much older but I think we could go younger with Destiny and she's gonna wear that helmet anyway and they're such fast friends I feel like that they're just good people already and they've already worked together
0: and if you go with the costume from the comics it's very leggy like it's she's showing a lot of legs, And
1: I feel like you know Natalie Dormer does a service for my husband it, Again somebody else he likes <laughs> Yes So Game of Thrones nice. uh, So we're also going to have Mastermind in there Love because it Mastermind He's going to look really gross When he's not really using his superpowers uh-huh. Of evil Which he does Yeah he looks he's terrible just really gross Adrian Brody Oh yes Somebody go- I was like googling And I was like This is really perfect Whoever did this I was like
0: Adrian Brody's perfect
1: um, So And of course For my choice from, uh, Rogue is actually Going to be on the bad team
0: that, which, which is she great I be. love this idea I love it
1: And I think Chloe Grace Moretz Would be a, a good Rogue Oh that's good Because she's young And she's compact But she's got the chops She could totally country it up Oh my god up.
0: yeah If you've seen any of the Kick ass movies she's, she's
1: perfect for superhero time uh-huh. Uh huh Magneto though I think Russell Crowe could really do th- a nice shit. job. He could. He's beefy, um, and he can pull it off because he's older now. And, like, dude, if you saw Gladiator, asshole could take that shit and keep on going. Yes, he can. Yes, he can. So um, my Jean Grey is Tatiana Maslany from Orphan Black with a beautiful... Oh, look. yeah. But we're going to dye her beautiful locks bright, vivid red. Okay. And make her happy. Tatiana Maslany can do it. Anything. Okay. She is absolutely perfect. She can do anything. I love her. <laughs> and if you're not watching Orphan Black, my God,
0: watch Orphan Black. I will. I will not argue with you on this. You should really watch Orphan Black. I have. I haven't started. I have not started. Please do
1: yourself a favor and watch yourself Orphan Black. Okay. Um, my storm is Zoe Saldana.
0: Hey, we picked Zoe's. Two Zoe's. Uh,
1: I think Zoe Saldana. We've seen her in, and I know she's been in Guardians of the Galaxy, the losers. But she. Oh, my God. She was in The Losers. Yeah. But she could rock a white mohawk like it's going out of style. That's true. I didn't even think of Zoe Saldana. And Salthana. I could just think her about her kicking some serious ass. That's great. So I um, do like your
0: casting much better.
1: Um, Cyclops, let's revisit Battlestar Galactica. Oh, oh, oh. None other than the original Boy Scout. Jamie, Jamie Bamber. Bamber. <laughs> <laughs> he's perfect. Yes. I mean, let's just think about it. He's built. He's beautiful. Jamie Bamber, if you're listening, I'm sorry I just do at the Battlestar. Con. I, l-
0: I love that I could always count on like geeking out Battlestar style with you. <laughs> that's that's always fun.
1: My Logan,
0: uh huh. Aaron Douglas, really?
1: He's short. He's stocky. Uh huh. He's totally really just wow. scruffy. Yeah. I think he could do it. I think he could really, really walk I huh. I love Aaron Douglas. He's a filthy. Mother. You do. No, He's you do this the second
0: time in a row that you've thrown him into uh I love that guy.
1: First off, I would give him I would give him the moon and the stars because I think he deserves some really serious <laughs> casting. He was just on an episode of iZombie Two that we saw. And you should watch that too. It's really really good. Love uh-huh. Thomas. Yay. But um he is scruffy. He's He's surly. Um, he's filthy. <laughs> he's a <laughs> filthy, filthy dude. And I love him. I just love. I love the way he pulls a character together. His sheriff on um, Hemlock Grove was like just unbelievably full of emotion. Uh-huh. And of course, Chief.
0: I, I was about to say. I mean, you cannot get too many more uh, layers than Chief from Battlestar Galactica. I'm telling you, the the, the amount of uh, material he got to play with. And the motivations that he got to play with, and the arc that he went through—that's amazing oh, material that he got he's, to play.
1: And he's just a remark—he's a remarkable person. Um, He—he just—I just—I think he would really, really have so much fun with it, uh-huh. and bring a different kind of a, a different kind of grit to the character. Yeah, Professor X. I chose Mark
0: Strong. Mark Strong
1: and you know who Mark Strong is right? yes I know who
0: Mark Strong is he was the uh, the villain in the uh, the Robert Downey Jr. Uh, uh, Sherlock Holmes That's movies right. he was also Sinestro
1: yes he was Sinestro and but he's got that wicked voice yeah and it's totally British and totally just and he looks really good bald. Yeah. So he could do it. I think he could really pull off. That's right.
0: He did the bald thing in John Carter. I just
1: think he could really pull it off, especially to Russell Crowe. I mean, like, I feel like those guys are like the right amount of of just, you know, and then for some comic timing, you could totally make Senator Kelly Nathan Fillion.
0: <laughs> nice.
1: Because, you know, what's. Why not What's a little Firefly in there
0: <laughs> <laughs> Right You gotta
1: have Firefly Battlestar Galactica In our casting Yeah That's I mean, true kind of how it works
0: um, Alright Who's, who's so, gonna direct it for me uh, Okay For you I'm gonna go with uh, The guy who the, I'm gonna go with the director Of the first uh, The two amazing Spider-Man movies Mark Webb Mark Webb's gonna okay. direct Your X-Men movie Because that's the first name That came to mind Because I, because I, is he gonna make it well? I think he's gonna make it well. I think he makes a pretty decent movie. Uh, they weren't my favorite superhero films, What? but did you ever? You saw the amazing Spider Man movies, right?
1: The which ones?
0: The ones with um, not Tobey Maguire, not Tobey Maguire, with Andrew Garfield.
1: Yeah, okay, I like those movies. Yeah, those are okay. The first one, really, not the second one, so much. The second
0: one, you know what? I can, you know what? Actually, I
1: did like the second one a lot.
0: I think that I lied. I think that it could be edited down. I think that if some oh, yeah. some wonderful editor out there could like just cut some of the electro stuff out,
1: oh would yeah, have, no, a, you'd I have had a little had, bit of a stronger movie. I had a big beef with all the music that was like boom, boom, boom every time <laughs> yes. Jamie Fox was on there. But and it was it was a going.
0: clever idea that I don't think translated too well in the right. film. Uh, all right, so if you've got any ideas on how you would recast the X Men or any thoughts that we haven't touched on when we've talked about this movie, you can t- Wall. right talk back to us on our Facebook page. Just go to Facebook, type in the search bar, the editing bay, find the woman with the bleeding eyes. That's us. That is where you talk <laughs> back to us and uh, and let us know your thoughts. You could also suggest movies. Uh, If you've got something that you would like for us to talk about, you go ahead and suggest those movies there. Uh, We've also got a website that you can uh, check out at editingbay.com. And that is where we've got like pictures and some, you know, the recap from our live show that we did a year and a half ago. Uh, That's where we also have all of our archives since iTunes apparently, for some reason, is only carrying our most recent 100 episodes of the podcast. And we have done way more than that at this point. Um, Way more. We are loading all of those onto editingbay.com. And so that is where you can check that stuff out. We've also got our Twitter account, The Editing Bay, at The Editing Bay, uh, where. Joel usually updates that where he'll update you on what movie it is that we're going to be doing and uh, we've also got at George's Goiter that we still haven't done anything with <laughs> uh, but eventually we shall. Um, okay, what else do we have? Oh, if you download us on your iTunes, iPad, iPhone, your Apple device uh, you can get us on the podcasting app. If you download us on that give us a review and a rating. All you have to do is go to the search bar put in Next Wave Radio and and then bring up any of our shows. But for the purposes of this discussion right now, click on the editing bay. Click on the little thing that says review. And then go ahead and scroll down. Give us four, five, five star review. And then give us a review. Type us a review. Don't just give us the five stars. We appreciate that. But also give us a review to go along with us. You know, tell us some some kind words. Of what you like the most about the podcast or, or whatever. Uh, that helps us because we're trying to get a live show going again. Um because we had to pay for it out of pocket last time and man that gets expensive so we need some help do something like that that helps us show sponsors hey look people are listening and they want this so yeah leave us a review a rating we would really appreciate it and then while you're doing that Leave one for the rest of our next wave radio shows. We got MVP with Matthew and Danny, where they talk about sports and sports entertainment, wrestling and stuff. My Comic Life with Jeff and Sam, where they talk about video gaming and video game, or not video game culture, but everything comic books, all kinds of geekery. Hey, you guys still doing 8-Bit Gladiators? We got a couple more shows. couple more shows going on. So, 8-Bit Gladiators, you know what? Leave them a couple reviews as well. Uh, we'd really appreciate that. So, I don't know what we're going to do next week. Because with Joel kind of in and out of town, we're sort of in flux. So it might be Hillary again next week.
1: I would be honored to come right back. Right?
0: And we'd be honored to have you. Or we might have another guest. Or maybe Jeff and I are going to do another alternate commentary track for some other movie. Who knows? <laughs> this is going to be the most surprising. I might be a dad next week. So who knows what's going on. Just uh, check in next week and, uh, and, and we'll all find out at the same time. I just saw your shirt. <laughs> Oh, did you? You saw my dino DNA shirt? Dino DNA. Sarah got this for me. Dino DNA. It came with a dinosaur. We had it. It came in the bag. I opened up the bag, and a a little yellow dinosaur toy came out, and I just about lost my shit.
1: For those of you who are are listening, uh, and you know that I was on the Jurassic Park 3 show, the dino DNA is really funny. (laughs) Yeah. so
0: sorry to interrupt. I love it. Uh, All right. So- um, Thank you, Hillary. Thank you so much. My
1: pleasure. I've had the best time ever.
0: Had the best time with you. Jeff, thank you very much, sir. Thanks, Jeff. And uh, we'll catch you guys next week. We are the editing guy. Bye. Running around, robbing banks, all whacked on the Scooby Snacks. You've been listening to the Next Wave Radio Network. That's fucking gold.